Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is December 6th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. And welcome into the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. Hope you guys are having a great day, a great week. It has been a very eventful past week for the Bruins with some big games, which Connor and I get into in this episode. Bruce Cassidy's return uh, on Monday night was uh, was pretty exciting, whether it be him returning and the start of the game not being great and then the end of the game being as exciting as it was. Um, quite a past couple of games, a lot of takeaways from it. So Connor Ryan and I get into all those takeaways in this episode. Before we dive into the conversation, uh, football is always happening and Bet Online is your number one source for all your football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football odds, news and game matchups, no matter the game. Bet Online is your continued source for all your wagering information, including live betting, free contests, and live scores. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's football, whether that's some NHL, or whether that's some NBA. Head to betonline.ag to join or receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game stats. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Connor Ryan. And we're here with Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan, I'm doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. We're recording this on Tuesday instead of Monday. Usually we would say, sorry, guys, nothing we can do. We're recording Monday. But Monday's game was a little bit bigger than a normal game solely because uh, it was one Riley Smith's return. Yes. Bruins and legend. Phil, and Phil Kessel. Bruins his legend. Return. And most importantly... It was Bruce Cassidy's return. Bruce Cassidy's return to TD Garden, uh, and I was actually there. My friend, I was, I wasn't gonna go, and then my friend, I was a season ticket holder. There's some portal, I guess, for like season ticket holders only, where there's you know deals and stuff, and so he got a good deal on seats like two rows from the glass. That was very fun. Hadn't been to the garden as like a spectator uh, in quite a while, like a long time. Um, but it was fun, fun time. Right, you know, good area of the ice. Still think, you know, and first row suffer. balcony or the press box seating is the best. I will always think that. Um, but fun times for all. 
definitely fun to see the the stereotypical Bruins fans that we kind of impersonate on this show. Like hearing them around you was like, oh, we like you guys exist. Um, so and, fun times. And, I mean, I gotta say, and I I don't want to point fingers when I'm about to. I knew this show was coming. up to a game and first loss to TD Garden all season long. I'm not. I'm. I'm not. Not saying I'm not making any sweeping declarations here. I'm just I'm putting two and two together. I'm doing my best true detective impression. And that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm well, saying. I will say I was nervous going in because I knew I said if I tweet a picture that I'm here and they get crushed, this is going to look really bad. And of course, the first you know period and a half, it was that it was three nothing. Um, but I will say on the flip side, I was there and they came back from a three goal deficit and squeaked out a point from a game they probably shouldn't have won. So. Maybe I was the jolt they needed to come back and then losing the shitty shootout. Um, but at any rate, it was a fun time. Uh, the crowd was incredible. I mean, that was a yeah. electric game. You've been at every home game this year. I have not been. Um, a lot of people are saying that it was one of the better home crowds of the year. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah. There's been, I mean, especially since the more momentum this team has kind of gained, you've seen it a lot more. Um, but for a lot of these bigger matchups, this one, the Colorado game was pretty good. Um, Carolina, I think is probably the best crowd of the year. You always get a really fun crowd. The Black Friday because people are either uh, still shaking off the post Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, a few uh, people that are hungover or they're hair of the dog. They're fighting. They're trudging right along. You get a very fun crowd for Black Friday games. So that was right up there. But yeah, you're right. For a game that started off so poorly and for you know, maybe the first couple minutes of, of the second period, it kind of felt like a, a crypt in there. Uh, it got rocking really 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 quickly so it was yeah as you said really really fun crowd for a game that went from a snoozer to a laugher to really a fantastic back and forth game between arguably the two best teams in the east and west yeah great game and we'll get into kind of ramifications of both teams long term uh cassidy's return though we'll hit that first and we'll get into the streak ending and all that um interesting return i i didn't think you know his quotes after and the things he said before didn't surprise me. You know, uh, he got teary-eyed during the the tribute. Um, you know, Bergeron waiting for him in the locker room. Was there anything that surprised you about the return? Or was this kind of normal in your eyes? It was as, as expected. Again, the, the days leading up to it, the Golden Knights practice both Monday morning and Sunday, actually. So, um, as expected, I think he said all the right things. You know, kind of took the high road. Um, you know, focused on the good memories he had there. But again, this is... We're all human, right? You knew that this was a game that he had circled on his calendar as soon as he probably took that job uh, <laughs> to be the Golden Knights coach and not just the, you know, wanting to get some revenge for just the way things ended and, and what have you. And we can go down that rabbit hole again in terms of who's really to blame for, you know, this team falling short the last couple of years. Um, but for a guy like Cassidy, who I think you saw it in that, you know, how emotional he was, this was not just, I think, a great job and he did a pretty he did a very good job uh, during his time here in Boston but this is a guy who grew up a Bruins fan watched Bobby Orr as a kid like for him this was his you know lifelong dream is to be a a, a coach for the Bruins so um, it's still something that even though he's now moved on and he's in a I think a very very good situation on Vegas it's always gonna be part of him uh, in terms of you know what he did here in Boston and you know how connected he feels to the city and I think to have that that you know, that video tribute where he gets that standing ovation. I feel like it's more or less reciprocated by the fans. Like I think most Bruins fans, you know, looking ahead now aren't, you know, still completely on board with it and think that yes, like Bruce was 
was the number one reason why this team was falling short. But again, I think we've talked about this before, Evan. It's you can say that Bruce Cassidy is a very, very, very good coach, but also say this team probably just needed a change. And Jim Montgomery, the tweaks he's made have helped out this team, right? Like I, you can you can have both things where both uh, both parties seem to be making the best of this situation. Would Bruce Cassidy love to be here? Yes, he'd probably love to be here for 20 years. But one, coaches don't have that long a shelf life. And uh, the way he's, you know, turned around that Vegas team and has them kind of playing his system of play, seems like everyone's right now at least benefiting from uh, kind of what looked to be a pretty ugly situation just a few months ago. Yeah. And again, I think we learned that as time went along, you know, when it first happened, we were both like, hey, this is the wrong move. Why did they let him go? Um, but as time has gone along, you know, Montgomery's done an outstanding job so far. The team's playing differently. They're 20 and 23 and one. I mean, like, I, you know, it, like, you can't argue with that. Um, but again, at the time when Cassidy was fired, you know, it was an incredible run he'd had, you know, a game away from winning a Stanley Cup, um, you know, President's Trophy, winning seasons every year, competitive in the playoffs. Um, and again, like, it, it looked like they had made a wrong move. Um, still, I think he wasn't the problem, but it's worked ever since. Like, it worked yeah. out, you know? And uh, again, I think with, with Cassidy, like, as you said, this was not a, you know, six-year stop on a coaching journey where, you know, a coach who's born in Manitoba coaches the Carolina Hurricanes and then moves on and, you know, it's whatever. Like, as you said, this he was born a Bruins fan, loved the Bruins, you know, came up through the Providence Bruins as a coach, like the whole nine yards there. Um, so, yeah, and there, there was also a little funny comment. There were a lot of good comments he made, as always. You know, no one does a presser better than 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 Bruce. But uh, there was the uh, the pretty much everyone in that locker room comment uh, <laughs> that, uh, you know, have respect for pretty much everybody. I wonder who is just on the outside of that pretty much. Uh, you know, we can only take guesses. Uh, there was a chance, though, I think in overtime, uh, Jake DeBrusque almost scored, and I was like, "Oh, that would have been, that would have been poetic, wouldn't it?" About yeah, I mean, that would have been that would have been pop for the course, and it was just how this season has gone for the Bruins, in which everything seems to have gone right. If like a guy like him or Frederick or one of these other guys scored, it would have been that's about right. This is makes it easy for us beat writers to craft these stories when things like that happen. <laughs> and you know what? They've been happening a whole lot. So uh, I think he had that one chance. Yeah. And overtime where he drove to the net, drew that penalty. But I think in the third, like the final minutes there where the Bruins were really tilting the ice, I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit more of the game, but you know, if it wasn't for Logan Thompson standing on his head, the Bruins would have, oh had, my a, God. Would have had a remarkable three goal rally. You know, they would have won that game. They were playing great. Um, but I think the Brusk had a great, slot chance really late in that third period as well that I think his, his was the shot that went off the post I think right uh which one he had was one it that one I think in the third that went off the post so I, I must have missed that I was sitting right there yeah. I didn't notice so it they, they, he post, had a really good but... chance there too so he, he had a couple of really good looks as well so but yeah they were again it's one of those things where obviously Cassidy's return is the big takeaway and yes the streak is over but this was a, a game where against one of even without Eichel, one of the better teams in the league. Uh, Bruins come back from three goal deficit, get a point out of it, and if it wasn't for Thompson, probably win that game either in yeah. regulation or in overtime where they have that that power play. So I also find it funny. Usually, it's Bruce Cassidy teams out shooting the opponent by a bunch, and Montgomery's yeah. teams kind of lower shot total, better chances. This was totally the opposite. We'll get into that in a second. 
First of all, I want to say that I think Logan Thompson might have been taking some athletic greens. He was playing so well, and he's been doing that the whole year, potential rookie of the year candidate. Uh, but our next partner has a product I use every day. I started taking AG1 because I wanted better gut health and more energy. I don't drink coffee or use caffeine because I wanted healthier natural energy, and AG1 has been providing it in droves. They got to put it in the garden. That's People need it there. Uh, it doesn't taste like it's super healthy or anything either. has a mild, tropical taste. That I actually look forward to each and every morning. You're in a different part of the tropics. You're in the weeds. Yes. Uh, so what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75. Yes, 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than a gram of sugar. No GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything, while still tasting really, really good. This all supports better sleep quality and mental clarity. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just a single scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash Bruins. Again, that's athleticgreens.com backslash Bruins. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Um, Yes, Athletic Greens should have been at the Garden. I, I needed some during the game. I need to keep myself going. You know, it was such an exciting comeback. I mean, you just, you know, I had to be in it. Um. Anyways, the game itself, uh, I think there's going to be a mix of takeaways from different people um, around the Boston sports media scene. I think everyone's going to have a different take on that game. Uh, Maybe we are just, you know, positive people uh, or whatever you want to call us. But uh, I was encouraged. It was a horrible start. They played terrible to start. It was clear Vegas was the better team for the first period and a half. It was also clear they were more structured. Um, I will say, Connor, and I'm not trying to flex good seats because, again, I like the press box seats so much better. But I will say, when you're at ice level, (laughs) you do see everything. (laughs) And it is cool to see. And one thing Vegas was very good at was they were really structured in the neutral zone. And Cassie talked about this after the game. And the Bruins had a really tough time for the majority of the game getting through the neutral zone because they were so locked in uh, with a 1-2-2. And it was the Greg Carville one, two, two, yes. uh, but it was, and, and I found it interesting and it was clear from the start, Cassidy knew how to attack this Bruins team, um, which makes it all the more impressive, by the way, that the Bruins came back and tied at three, three. Am I right in thinking this? Yeah, no, again, it's something where you can focus on both the good and the bad if, if you're the Bruins in that game. Cause as you said, uh, that first period and even you could probably say the first 30 minutes of that game were dreadful and it wasn't just the fact that i think vegas as you said was really structured wasn't giving the uh the bruins a whole lot but also it looked at one point where i think it was that sequence where i think like uh forbert like fumbled the puck and it led to a turnover and i think it was cotter noted noted sniper paul cotter yes second goal of the game um i turned over to ty anderson i was like this feels like when the Monstars took all the talent from like Charles Barkley, like everything. The Bruins just seemed like completely off. Like they were. Oh like, yeah, no. Like I had. They didn't look like that all year. Yeah, pucks were exploding off their stick. Like guys were taking. Like Martian took that really bad elbowing penalty. Like just everything just seemed out of whack for them in, in that game. And it was something where you add in the fact you're going up against a very good structured team that also has a lot of motivation going into it. 
have a performance like that where you're down 3-0. Um, again, credit to the Bruins for fighting back in that game. Um, it's something where you can, again, you, you can, however you want, if you're glass half uh, full, half empty, whatever you have it, I think we're positive. I think we can fall in between in terms of, yes, the Bruins were able to get a point out of it. That's good. But still, this is a a game where if you just weren't stuck in a 0-3 hole, you probably would have come out and won that game in, in pretty convincing fashion. Because, yes, Thompson was great. And you really, you know, tilted the ice at the end of the game. But if you weren't just in such a, a huge deficit for most of the evening, who knows how things would have changed. So um, the good thing for the Bruins is, yes, uh, you went up against a coach that knows your system pretty well, knows how to attack it, had a really, you know, his players were really executing what he was kind of putting out there. But also a lot of self-inflicted miscues from the Bruins. I mean, like the the Pasternak, great setup on Jonathan Marchessault's goal, like behind the back. Made it easy for his fellow teammate Jonathan Marchessault to set up and, and beat Jeremy Swayman there. Um, Swayman probably would have liked that goal back on the, uh, the the second Cotter goal. So there's like things you could just fix and look at in terms of looking inward at your own product as opposed to uh, this wasn't just uh, you know Bruce Cassidy puppeteer masterclass in terms Revenge of like arc. His, yeah exactly <laughs> yes so. Well, also it was tough. Their their D zone coverage wasn't great in the first thirty no. minutes. That was they were running around their own zone, um, and they looked like a team that was not ready to start that game. Um, which I'm surprised because like I would have expected to be the more of a clash at the start. Like Cassidy's raring to go, but so are the Bruins. Like you know, oh let's prove our old coach wrong. You know, we allegedly didn't like him, so let you know whatever. Um, surprised there wasn't more of that in the early going. There was later on, but not in that early going. Um, but again, I, I think. We'll, we'll do this, and then we'll do the Colorado game, because um, I think we can both agree uh, that both Colorado and Vegas would be very exciting Stanley Cup matchups, very exciting Stanley Cup matchups. And the storylines against Vegas would be obvious, right? I mean, you have two former Bruins on that roster as of now. You have Bruce Cassidy as the head coach. What does worry me, though, playing Vegas in a Stanley Cup final, uh, what I will say, is you have two very motivated sides, duh. But it is a little worrisome because Cassidy does know all the holes with the Bruins. It, and, and again, I know it's a general thing to say. And yes, the Bruins came back at the end. But over a seven-game series, I think that'd be tough. Now, granted, does Logan Thompson hold up for all those games? Yes. You know, is he? I think that's a real question mark. He's still young, you know, um, really good, like terrific <laughs> in net. But does he hold up? And again, that we're looking so far ahead. But I think it is a little worrisome. You know, when Petrangelo does come back, when Eichel does come back, um, you know, a Stanley Cup matchup against them. Really fun to watch. Really good storylines. But in terms of the Bruins, you know, the easier win. I don't know if that's not that any Stanley Cup matchup is easy. But what I'm getting at here is having a former coach on the bench is great for storylines. It is not great for going against them for a Stanley Cup, I don't think. Yeah, it would make for a great chess match. And even Montgomery said on Monday morning after a morning skate that it's kind of a two-way road, right? And that also it feels like the Bruins, like whether it be the players or these guys, Sacco, Kelly, that have been on his staff, whatever. They also know kind of how Cassidy operates as well. Like, it, And we kind of saw the hallmarks of a Cassidy coach team in Vegas. And again, it's a very, it's a winning formula. You see how different they are, how a lot more structured they are, which is kind of their Achilles heel last year. Granted, they were slammed by injuries last year, Vegas, but oh, still yes. they had some, they had They're some still slammed by injuries. Yes, that's true. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they were still uh, really hampered by that defense last year. So, um, you know, he's definitely put his stamp on this Vegas team. But again, if they, if they faced off in a seven game series, it would be, one great hockey 
a lot of superstars, easy narratives for the NHL would be thrilled about. Um, and yeah, it'd be a great chess match between Montgomery and Cassidy in terms of who has the inside information, how much the, can the players that are on the, in the Bruins room, uh, you know, find ways to attack Vegas. It would be fantastic matchup. It would be that, that would be one. If you look at just pure narratives, sign me up for it. Yeah. Oh, uh, for you covering it, um, quite a lot to write about. It was like in the Bruins Blues series where like the whole, the storylines the first day were like David Backus against his former team. And that this mm-hmm. would be on like steroids um, in terms of that. Uh, so we, 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 we talked about the Vegas game and, you know, it was a complicated game, still a very impressive streak. It's over, obviously. Um, but, you know, it would have been, I think, nice for the Bruins to get. And that's true, you know, and the homestand on a high note against Cassidy obviously wasn't the case. Uh, from my end of the ice, by the way, that shootout winner from Riley Smith, I thought Swayman saved it. The whole section thought Swayman saved it. Because oh, really? um, the way it looked, like mm-hmm. it looked like he just hit his pad and came right yeah. out. Um, and then I saw like Smith going like behind the net, and I was like, why is he celebrating? A... Like, is he telling the fans to shot? Like, what is the... What is this? No, people were like, yeah, no, no, did heal Riley Smith. <laughs> and people were like, oh, wait, that went in. Um, so uh, interesting stuff. But uh, Saturday night, Colorado. That was a little different. Bruins talk about a full 60 minute effort. Five um, one against the former cup champs. Uh, obviously, you know, there were a few things, you know, Colorado had its backup goalie in. They had just played. They're on the road. Um, there's a lot of things that factor in there. No Landis cog um, still though, an encouraging win, um, especially considering, I think, you know, when you're on such a long home streak, you think, all right, it's going to end at some point. This would be a great time for it to end considering it's the former champs. Colorado's kind of had the Bruins number in past years, you know, in terms of pace, but I will say the most encouraging thing to me was the Bruins matched that pace and more. Whereas in past years, it was more defensive. They kind of matched Colorado on Saturday. Yeah. And they've, they've actually played pretty well against Colorado the last couple of years. Like even last year where, I mean, that team was a wagon almost throughout the year. They probably the Bruins probably played their best game of the year last year when they hosted uh, Colorado. And oh, that's right. I'm thinking the of the game. I'm thinking of the game in Colorado. Um, but, but even they that, almost even won. That one, they almost they won, almost that won. and they the Colorado came back. They had like a really late power play. I feel like it was like a ticky tack call or something like that. I feel like after the game, the Bruins were not happy with how it ended. But that was still a game where they controlled play for a majority of it in Denver. And then again, yeah, when they played Colorado here at the Garden last time, I don't know if it was like a a lopsided score, but in terms of like puck play, uh, shot share, all that stuff, I feel like the Bruins really controlled the play. It was like, I think probably their best game of the year. Um, so they've matched up pretty well against a team that when you think of Colorado, you just think of speed, 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 skill like that. That's a team that is just loaded in those departments. The Bruins match up well. And I think when you look at this, this, uh, this matchup on Saturday, yes, you can point at the fact that, they didn't have Landeskog or Byram or uh, Manson. Uh, Nishuskin was hurt. Like they, they were definitely shorthanded. There's no doubting that. But in terms of Colorado, still has two top five players in the league, and yeah. what's Renton in top fifteen, at least top twenty, right? Like you still have uh, guys that can, you know, win a game by themselves. They weren't able to do much of anything, and I think it was impressive for the Bruins. Yes, it's not all about like shutting down one player. Uh, you know, let's say if you're in a playoff series, but the Bruins have the luxury to roll out Bergeron, Marchand, DeBrusque, and what they can do defensively with McAvoy and Lindholm. I mean, they were pretty much stuck with the McKinnon line and McCarr and Taze uh, pairing that whole game. Couldn't do anything. I think ended up being, I think McAvoy played about 
13 minutes of five and five ice time against McKinnon. And during that stretch, the Bruins outscored them two nothing. Like you will take that. You will take that every (laughs) single time. And I, I think it's something where, you know, I, I could see it happening as soon as that game ended, where it's like, all right, Bruins won five one against Colorado, reigning cup champs. Everyone, you know, can downplay it in terms of the injuries and what have you. And yes, they're not at a hundred percent. We all know that, but the way the Bruins played in that game, if they play that level of play, that dominant, they will beat anyone. Like that is a yes. game where you look at it and like that team was firing on all cylinders. Colorado had no response. They were getting shut down in their own end. Bruins were moving the puck, uh, you know with authority in transition, weren't hovering around in their own zone. Played that against the Lightning that won the last couple of years, Colorado last year, they're winning that game. Like, again, check out the opponent and the various things that can hamper a team, which it's hockey. Injuries happen. You rarely, unless it's in the most ideal situations, maybe October 15th when the year starts, you rarely get a full healthy squad. Like even <laughs> even teams even teams that are in the playoffs, when you look at like lineups, they're almost never the idea. It's not like, like baseball where I feel like barring something catastrophic, your lineup, especially once you get to like the playoffs, is gonna be the same. Like you know, you can like rattle off the 04 Red Sox and like you can like go through that lineup and it's the same old suspects. You look at like the Bruins when they won in 2011 with like Horton going down and other injuries happening. The lineup gets jumbled up. Michael you know, Ryder like, stepping up. Yeah, and, exactly. Peverly and all these, like, mm-hmm. those things all happen. Um, so I think you have to look at a game like that and assess the big takeaways from it. It's just how the Bruins, as a team, dominated play. And again, if they play at that level, no team's going to beat them. Or it's going to be very, very tough to do. And there's two reasons for that. Number one, they play differently now. They play with more pace. They move, you know, the the the, the weak side D are more active. Like you know, you're pushing the, you know, you're holding onto yes. the puck more. But also, you have depth. And we've said this all year. This is the main reason I think why this Bruins team is this good. A lot of it's depth. You have four legitimate lines. I was saying to someone last night, like, you know, Felino and Nosek started the year. We were like, this is stupid. Why are they the fourth line? They want to play the kids. You got Mark McGlough. This city was in like a. A, a days when Mark McLaughlin was sent down to Providence. People were stumbling um, about people. There were like rallies down in Boston common for Mark McLaughlin to, pl- to, to play up in Boston. And they weren't wrong, but the fourth lines worked in the third line. I mean, they're, you know, Taylor Hall, who was, um, as you tweeted a menace last night. I mean, talk about a guy who is so reliable for zone entries. And, you know, he was one guy who did not seem very hampered by, you know, the neutral zone that, that Cassidy yeah. the, the, was running. And you just look at the whole thing there and the depth and, and, you know, obviously they moved Hall up to back to the second line in the third period because they needed goals just to have that luxury of being like, okay, let's move Taylor Hall from the third line up to the second line to play with, 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 um, with Krejci and Pasternak. And then, oh, we have Pavel Zaka down the third line. Like to me, it's just that depth, that depth has been so impressive so far this year. And it's such a huge reason why, again, they've been able to sustain themselves well. They've had big injuries and I think it's a big reason why, as we both said, they're not going to be big players for for players. At, you know, they're not going to be in on the biggest players at the deadline because uh, they don't really need them right now. Again, barring something catastrophic. Um, so, again, I think that was, you know, the Vegas game wasn't the greatest start. Definitely can learn from it, especially, you know, with that with that horrendous beginning. Um, but again, quite a streak. Now they head on the road, Colorado, Arizona. Vegas, um, that Arizona game. Interesting. Fun stuff. Right in the middle. Right there. 
But anyways, I mean, the, the players won't hate it, though. Some golf down there. Oh, yeah. They'll, no, they'll, n- nice weather. Until yeah, they, no, until they have mean, to play the game and they're yeah. stuck in a utility <laughs> utility closet to, yes. to get changed. Yeah. Have fun. Have fun in that. Isn't it like I I, I think I've only seen like a couple of videos, but isn't the away locker room like just like kind of um, it's like curtains. Like, yeah, it's, it's like, like curtains, curtains in the hallway. I believe they're like working on putting like the annex that like has like an actual visiting locker room. Uh, I think the finishing touches are. Almost done. I want to say the Bruins are either might be the first team that's going to have access to it or they're going to like just miss the cut. And it's like <laughs> December, like 12th or something like that. So we, we will see. We'll see uh, for our uh, our beat writers that are on the road. We'll see where they uh, where the Bruins end up posting up for that game. It's it's kind of like uh, when we used to play high school games in Brookline, there was an outdoor rink and we would skate at it and we would get dressed like in the lobby of the uh, before going outside. Maybe it's <laughs> a little bit like that. And this, that actually might have been nicer because it was Brookline. Yes. Um, but anyways, Connor, what can people look forward to from you over Boston Sports Journal? Yeah, we're going to have you cover every step of the way with uh, the usual stuff you expect. If you subscribe to our site, game reports, columns, features, video breakdowns, Q&As, all that good stuff every single day. So please subscribe over at bostonsportsjournal.com. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that for CLNS Media. I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Bruins Beat listeners have a great rest of your week. (laughs) 